I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello there and welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. This is the podcast where you can uh, hear various stories about all the different variations of adoption, all the way from adopted people through to adopted uh, brothers and sisters and uh, parents that have given children away. And today I um, am very, very pleased to let you guys know that I'm talking with someone who I've always wanted to have a chat with. Um, their story doesn't get told a lot, um, but we have talked about um, this kind of story previously on uh, some of the other podcasts. Um, I'm talking with Alan Burrows today. Welcome to the show, Alan. Good day, Mick. Thanks for having me, mate. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Um, now, before we get right into your story, um, to give the listeners a bit of a background you're an adopted person and you've Correct. decided not to find your birth parents that is correct I, I did initially when i was a bit younger do a bit delving around um, which i can go into as we, as we get into the chat but yep. um as, as my life panned out um i was pretty happy with the life of, i'm living today so i um if it's not broke i didn't need to fix it no fair enough too so let's wind it back right to the very start. Um, yep. So we do you know much about how the very first months or how your adoption story started? Yeah, I, I don't know 100% how it started, I suppose, yep. but I probably had two massive sliding door moments in my life. The two biggest ones in my life happened in the first six weeks of my life. Right. Um, so later on, I discovered, um, and I'm, I'm going forward, but that'll help me to come back, Mick. I sure. um, got my original birth certificate when I was in my 20s, okay. um, which I needed to get for, for other reasons. And um, in that, I got my original birth notes. Right. So all throughout my birth mother's 
pregnancy, uh, I was for adopted, you know, baby for adopted and nurses' notes and doctors' notes and okay. all this sort of stuff, you know, going yep. well, X amount of weeks pregnant, baby up for adoption, uh, all through the notes. And then, then I was born and I had my weight and baby born healthy. Yep. Then there was a, a two, an interesting two day of the first sliding door moment was there was a note that said, baby sucks well, baby not for adoption. Oh. So I was a bit taken back by that. Mm. I was a bit full. You know, she obviously breastfed me and yep. thought, you know, no, I want to I keep him. And, and we're talking 1969 now as well, Mick. So right. we're talking a long time ago. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, single parent rules and adoption rules were completely different. Thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Then 24 hours later, there was a note that said, mother checks out without baby, baby for adoption. Wow. Yeah, so that was probably the first big sliding door moment of my life. Yep. Um, unbeknownst to me as a, a one-week-old baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I was, in, I was born in Newcastle yep. um, so by, in the Amada Hospital. Yep, so you're a Novocastrian. Well, I've never been back, but yeah, I was born there, <laughs> and for no reason other than it just life hasn't taken me in that direction. But yeah. So, um, I was born born there, and um, uh, my birth notes. This was a couple of interesting things in my birth notes. Um, so I got my my mother's name, yep. and there was two surnames attached to her. So I I don't know whether she'd been married and separated or or whatever. Um, okay. So I did get that, and yep. an interesting one was that she had a previous pregnancy, a baby girl, three years before me. Right. Um, which doesn't – that's all it says. Okay. So there was no – whether the baby lived or passed or a name or anything like that. <clears throat> and um, when I did try back in the day of looking, they wouldn't give me any information on that. So, right. Um, yeah, so that was the first moment. My adoptive parents, Betty and Don Burrows, um, were living in Papua New Guinea. Right. Um, Full Australians. Just yep. my father was an air traffic controller and was working there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been through Air Force and all that sort of stuff, and he was an air traffic controller in Papua New Guinea. And um, my adopted mum had a couple of miscarriages, couldn't have a baby, and then they decided to adopt. Yep. Um, flew down to Newcastle, um, walked in um, at sliding door moment number two. Yep. Um, they had five babies to pick from. Oh. Um, which is um, probably the one thing that makes the hair on my my arm stand up a little bit more yeah. than anything else. That you know, had they decided to pick the baby next to me, I probably wouldn't be talking to you, Mick, and I wouldn't have had the life yeah. and be living the life that I am now. And um, I, I asked my mum; they're, they're both long passed away now. Yeah. Um, but I remember asking my mum about it, and she said, "Well, they were always led to believe that they could adopt a second child." Right. So their theory was, we'll get a boy first, the the older brother scenario. Yep. Um, and so that's why they picked the boy. Yep. Um, there was three girls and two boys to pick from. Okay. And uh, I had chubby cheeks, and in 1969, a fat kid was a healthy kid, Mick, yeah. and um, still got chubby cheeks today. And nice. They um, that's why they picked me. And so then there's a, a an old black and white photo of of me. Uh, with my adopted parents out front of the hospital, um, which six weeks after I was born, so I was born October 20. Yep. 
so ballpark, I probably should know this date, mate, but it's, it's <laughs> sort of we're talking that sort of late November kind of yeah. time frame. Yep. Um, and and an inter- another interesting side note is it was almost nine months to the day when my mum and dad applied to adopt them when they got me. So it was ah. uh, a, a length of a, of a pregnancy, mate. There you go. Well, I've said hmm. many times before on, on this podcast that there's every story that I've heard, everybody who's adopted is a unique story, but there's one thing that ties us all together, and that is that our life is due to other people's decisions. So obviously the first decision was your birth mother putting you up for adoption, and clearly um, your parents chose you out of uh, a bunch of five. So a couple of good decisions. Um, Well, I I say that. Yeah, my life would have been... Completely different, mate. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because um, so another interesting thing I, I probably left out as as I'm skating over it, mate, was yeah. there was on the birth notes there was a, a, a address for where my birth mother was, and it was a place I believe called the Villa Maria in the Newcastle region, which was either a, a convent or a sort of a home for unmarried mothers at the time. Okay. Um, so there was a, and then there was a name as a, it was a male name mm-hmm. as a contact for her. That doesn't mean by any stretch that was my father. I mm-hmm. mean, it could have been a brother, an uncle, a friend or, or anyone. It could have been yeah. a neighbor. But, yeah. um, so there were two names on my birth certificate, which, um, I often, when I bump into people from Newcastle, I do throw that question yeah. out there, yep. um, and, and see if they know those names, but no, I've never, never come across anyone. Right. Um, how old were you when you found out that you were adopted? I've always known. Yep. Um, it's never been a secret in my life. Um, as a as a little boy, so after mum and dad picked me up in Newcastle, we went back to Papua New Guinea for, yep. for four years. Yep. And um, I, I, I've always known, and, and I used to, as a little boy apparently, so I'm told, I would say to people that, you know, did you know I'm not from mummy's tummy, you know, and that uh-huh. sort of stuff. So yep. it's, ne- it's never... It's never been um, frowned upon. It's never yep. been hidden from me. Yeah, so after four years in Papua New Guinea, we, we moved to Darwin there. Yep. Um, and we were blown away in Cyclone Tracy. Right. Um, on Christmas Eve of 74. Did you lose your I, whole I, house? Yeah, well, we lost everything. And, and, <sighs> and that's the reason that I'm bringing it up is we also lost all the paperwork and information on the adoption. Right. Um, so I, I had... Nothing. Everything was was gone, and you know we left Darwin with a few photos and the clothes on our back and a small suitcase. So yeah. I didn't. So when later on in life, when I started looking for um, original birth certificate and whatever information was out there, I a lot of the hurdles I had was um, a couple of people deem me an international adoption, oh. um, which was just not true. Yeah. You know. It, uh, you know, a full Australian parents just living and working in New Guinea, but because the addresses that they had on their file were New Guinea addresses, yep. um, we I, I did have, so I eventually had to go through a lot. Um, right. And there was a lot of times there I went, I'm not doing this, you know, because yep. it's not worth it. Yep. Um, but I, I stuck the course and, and felt like every five minutes my hand was in my pocket to pay for something else. And yep. But in the end, I ended up, getting my original birth certificate and I end up getting my birthing notes as I touched on. Yep. That's how I know that information um, about the adoption notes and 
where my mother was at the Villa Maria and the names that I have, um, yep. and I've still got that today. Yeah, okay. So with that, I mean, if if I needed to get some identification, the birth certificate that I've got now, which is, I guess, my second birth certificate, not my original one, that would be um, okay for a passport and things like that. Um, there was a oh, oh yeah, I, I had my birth certificate from Betty and Don, Don Burroughs, my adopted parents. Yeah. That's yep. my birth certificate. Yeah. So that was managed to be saved out of Cyclone Tracy, or Mum and Dad got new ones after. I, I don't know the story behind that, right. mate, but I did. I did have one. Um, it was just my original one at birth that I was applying for. Right. Um, but it said a lot of the notes were directing. Um, so if I was contacting birth, deaths and marriages and I was reaching out to the Marta Hospital in Newcastle and places like that, yep. I was getting told, oh, no, your adoption is from Papua New Guinea. Right. Um, so I took a lot of explanation to explain that that's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Um, getting copies of my birth certificate that I had from my adoptive parents to, to prove that. Right. Um, so, you know, it came with its challenges, there's no doubt. And, because I had no information in writing about my mm. adoption because of Cyclone Tracy. Yeah, right. And was that around about the time where the laws changed? In, I know they changed in New South Wales, I think, in the early 90s. Certainly easier now. It yeah. wasn't easy, mate. I'll, no. I'll give you a strong tip. It was, it was a real um, emotional challenge to mm. get this information. Like... The amount of rejections I got was, no, 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 you can't have that. No, this will cost you this much money. This will cost you that. Yep. You're applying for it and doing this. And it just, there was just a wall getting put up in front of me every time. Um, and thankfully, from what I believe, the laws are completely different now. So yep. people can delve into it. But as I said, we are, we're talking 1969, we're talking a guy that, um, some paperwork came out of Papua New Guinea and information was lost in Cyclone Tracy, so I didn't yeah. have much to go on. No. So I wasn't really giving them a lot either yeah, yeah, to help true. me find what I needed. Yeah. Or wanted, I should say, more than needed. Yeah, so I um I guess this also then leads me on to the next kind of question that keeps popping up in my mind. When we're kids, we tend to uh, let our imaginations run wild. Um, especially regarding certain scenarios, did you ever um, dream or imagine of what your life might have been like if you weren't adopted? No, great question, but but no, I probably tended to imagine what my mother's, my birth mother's life was like more yep. so than what my life could have been, yep. um, I suppose. And I, I tend to, up until I got those those birth notes, I always had this fear that I may have found out something that I didn't like. Right. Um, maybe I came into this world in a situation that, you know, wasn't the way it should have been and things yep. like that. Um, yep. And that, that always scared me if yep. I ever found that out. But getting those birth notes, that, that put my mind at ease that, I just honestly felt, you know, we're talking 1969 in Australia. We're talking appearing to be um, a, a woman that doesn't have means or possibly doesn't have a partner to, to raise a child. She was in yep. a 
a Commodore home for unmarried mothers. So it yeah. tells me she didn't have support around her. Yep. Um, you know, there was no single parent pensions and parent payments and all that sort of mm. stuff. So I sort of feel that it would have been really tough on her, yep. I'm feeling, that yep. there wouldn't have been a, a decision that was, hence the birth note that said, baby sucks well, baby not for adoption. You know, yeah, yeah. she would have been, you know, in today's world, they would have had so much support and so much people around them helping them and yep. financial assistance and all that sort of stuff. So I probably tend, my mind tends to wander more in that direction because I have no idea what my life could have been like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess coming up to a point in the road, like a crossroads type scenario where you've got the information in front of you and then you needed to make a decision one way or the other. Do you look or do you not look? What were some of the things that went through your mind to help you come to that decision? Uh, well, the reason I did look at that time was my son had been born. Right. Um, and I think that got me thinking about, um, you know, what other – he, in my mind, he was my first and at that point of time my only blood relative. Yeah. Um, that I knew of. So that got me thinking about it. And then I sort of just got to a point, and this is, I'm not trying to sound cheeky or smart when I say this, Nick, please, I hope listeners don't think that, but no one was also looking for me. Yeah. Um, You know, there was no, nothing was coming back the other way. So I sort of got to a point where I thought, well, I've now got a son, I've, I've got a life, Yep. Uh, you know, um, and even though that life changed not long after that, I, I, you know, I had a life and a direction and, you know, it's, that was the path I was going down. Right. So I guess there's a few different things there that, yeah, helped make the decision. Um, since, since you've made that decision, have you ever thought, and especially with the recent development of DNA and the Ancestry.com uh, DNA profiling, have you ever thought to do that type of DNA test? The short answer is no. Yeah. Um, it, look, it's came, come up occasionally, you know, Saturday night with a couple of wines under the belt. The, yep. the idea is floated around the head, but it's nothing seriously has come up about it. And um, <clears throat> I refer back to the, the same old thing. I mean, I'm... You know, after my son was born, that, that marriage didn't work out and, and, and I, I remarried and still with, with my current wife for the last 20 years. And, yep. you know, she had, we've got a blended family and she had three children. I had one and we had one. So yep. I had brought in a second sort of blood relative into my world and my, my life's been good. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I can't complain about my life and, yeah. and I think it, you know, I've, I'm lucky in so many ways. I've, you know, all we don't refer to our children as, as stepchildren much, even though yep. technically that's that's what some of them are is in in both our worlds. Yeah, we just refer to them as, as our kids, and they're adults now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we refer to them as our kids. And yep. you know, I, I love my 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 stepchildren as much as I love my own children, and and I know the feelings mutual. And yep. You know, my wife has the same feeling towards, you know, my son and, and her kids and our daughter yep. and it, it all 
it's just sort of it's been tough. Don't yeah, get yeah. me wrong. I mean, yep. life, life hasn't been you know skipping down the street, you know, whistling happy days. And, you yeah. know, we've, like everyone, we've, we've battled the, the family pressures and the life pressures and, and all yep. that sort of stuff. I'm not I'm not saying it was cruisy street, but mm. you know, we've we've made it work. Yeah, um, and they all get on well. And I'm so lucky in my life that I've travelled. You know, quite a bit. You know, not yep. as much as some people, but a hell of a lot more than a lot of other people. And yeah. you know, around Australia and around the world, and I've got a good job. Um, we've got the sort of nice material things in life, and we've got our health. So yeah. you know, you, you put all that together, and I, it's probably. Um, I said it was a short answer is no that I haven't gone down that path, but that's probably the reason why, Mick. Is yeah. Whatever, whatever I find, if I delve more, will change my life. Now, it could change it for the better. Yep. Um, or it could change it for the worse. As I'm sitting here talking to you and, you know, the people listening, I don't necessarily want to change my life um, because I've got a good life. Yeah. And that's completely... I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Yeah. And... You know that's that's really um, refreshing to hear. Um, not that um, every every person I talk to has a bad or a negative or a positive or whatever um, angled story, um, but I think um, one thing that we we do have in common as a group, I think as a collective, is that we do pose ourselves questions a lot. Um, and what do I do in this situation? Do I look? Do I not look? Um, and up until now, I've I've either spoken to people who have uh, looked and found their birth parents, or their birth parents have looked and they've been found, or I've spoken to uh, parents that have adopted their children out and have found them, and um, I've also had my parents on who are the recipients of um, the adopted children, namely myself and my sister. So I think one thing that I'm trying to do is to get all the different perspectives on our collective group, which is uh, adoption, adoption people, whether it's, I think there's the triad, the adopted person, the parent, and then the parents who have adopted children. Um, yeah, absolutely, mate. It's funny because when I talk to friends, you know, and people, I, um, I tell my story or it comes yeah. up in conversation and it's amazing the amount of people that, and these are people that are not adopted, Yeah, that say to me, oh, I couldn't do that. I'd have to know. Yeah. I, I get I get it a lot. And yeah. I used to, I didn't used to get offended, but I used to sort of think, I said, well, how do you know? Mm. Um, you know, and, 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 but, you know, and now I just sort of gloss over it, you know, and then I say, well, you know, I'm happy with what I got. Yeah. You know, I love my wife. I love my kids. Yeah. Love my job. Um, you know, it's, it's what, you know, I feel that I, there's nothing missing I feel in my life. Now, upon saying all that, Mick, I, to make something really clear, if, if someone did reach out to me and say, hey, I think we could be connected in some way, I wouldn't turn them away. Yeah. It's not like I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, it's not that, you know, I, I, I whatever is out there is taboo. It is more a case of I'm okay. You know, I'm actually okay with yeah. the life I leave, live 
So um, it's cool. You know, if, if someone knocks on my door, not that it'll happen in that yeah, exact yeah. sense, but if yep. someone knocks on my door and says, hey, look, I think we could be related somewhere along the line. Do you want to answer a few questions and have a chat about it? I'd say, come on in, I'll make you a cuppa or I'll get you a beer and we'll have a chat about it. And yep. we'll um, you know, see whether we are connected in some way, shape or form. Um, so, I, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't knock the opportunity back, wouldn't turn it away. Am I out chasing it? Definitely not. Yep. No. And um, why change something that's not broken? Absolutely. No, true, true. And as I said, whatever I find good or bad will change my life. That's my philosophy on it. Yeah. And do I want to risk the enjoyment I have in my world at the moment? And, um, you know, for something else, I, I don't necessarily want to be that initiator of that risk, but I wouldn't be a denier of it if it came looking for me. Yeah, I think that's uh, a perfect response because everything we do in life has a, a risk-reward um, ratio, I reckon. Um, and, yeah, I think you've, um, you've, you've weighed up your uh, response perfectly and... Um, I just want to thank you for coming on and telling us your story. Uh, I think it's really valuable because um, a lot of adopted people would also be in that category of if you were chatting with them about your story, they would say, oh, I couldn't do that as well. Um, mm. But then at the same time, everybody's got their own life to live and are making their own decisions about their own life. And and, um, and ultimately, Mick, you've got to be happy. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you're adopted or not adopted. At the end point in life, um, you just have to be happy. And yeah. and whatever makes you happy is, is a path we all have to go down. No two paths are the same. You know, my, my idea is there could be people when they listen to this saying, that guy's a bloody peanut. I don't even <laughs> agree with anything he says. But other people might think, well, you know, that's okay. But that's all good. That's yeah. okay, you know. We're entitled to our thoughts, and we, we, we just need to we just need to be too we, we need to be happy, mate. There are too many yeah. um, outside influences in the world at the moment that we can't control, and the only thing we control is how we look at things and whether we're happy or not. And I'm I'm choosing to not upset the, the life I've got at the minute. Absolutely fair enough. Um, and yeah, thanks again, Alan. I think um, yeah, you've told a great story. And it's um, very greatly appreciated and I'm sure that the community uh, will um, applaud you for your decision as well. Uh, thanks for having me, Mick. I really appreciate it, mate. My pleasure. Thanks, Alan. That was Alan Burrows telling us his story, his adoption story, um, which is the first for our, our podcast here. Um, he is an adopted person and decided not to follow through and find his birth parents um, and more power to him and as we've said many many times on this show before every story is unique and each of us are living our own life individually and as always we'll talk again very shortly and if you've got an adoption story that you'd like to share with us um, please drop us a line um, and look us up on the Facebook page and I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.